Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, September 21st, 2019. This summer just completely got away from us and disappeared. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And you might hear the ambient sounds of the outside. It's a gorgeous day and we have the windows open. And our downstairs, our landlord actually is blaring some really cool hep jazz. Yeah. So, so. if you hear that in the, back, <laughs> in the background, that'll be uh, today's soundtrack. Yeah. Um, okay. We have been uh, off the air for a little bit for this and that reasons. Oh, and we have a special guest star, Blix the Cat, has decided <laughs> right as soon as we start recording to chime in with his opinion on things. Buddy. Hello, Blixa. Say hello to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Please. Good boy. All right. So. Welcome, Blixa. Uh, he will chime in uh, now and then with his opinion. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we are going to start this off with a movie review. As we sometimes do. Uh, a, a movie that we were really glad to see. It was actually our third choice. We didn't even know it existed. Uh, no, we, uh, which is a, a crime. Yes. Uh, we were planning to first try to go see the new movie with J-Lo. As Hustlers? A, as a... As a, a exotic dancer who's taking revenge or something and then I don't think it's anything about revenge it's about money I thought well whatever we don't know because we haven't seen it uh, <laughs> then our next choice was Ad Astra the uh, Brad Pitt in space and we couldn't get good seats for those movies so we're like let's go let's go down let's see what's going on at Shea Artiste the artsy fartsy we always forget about this theater but we've seen theater. the best movies there yeah it's about it's a little bit of a drive for us and we're like, let's see what's there and then we Saw this description of a uh, a sort of whistleblower leaker. I will explain the plot in a second, but in in Britain in the run up to the Iraq War, and we're like, that sounds good. That sounds up our alley. Let Let's go see that. And oh man, was it perfect? Not just because it was an amazingly great movie. Yeah. But for the time of what's going on now, you you could not have planned this release more perfectly. Um, and we're going to get to all that, but Rachel, why don't you why don't you tell them about the movie first so they can go out and see it? Yeah, it's ridiculously good. Well, first um, of all, we haven't given the name of the movie yet. <laughs> oh, it's called Official Secrets. Official Secrets. And it's uh, the story of Catherine Gunn, um, who, whose name I remembered sort of, mm-hmm. but didn't remember exactly uh, the story, um, played by Kira Knightley, played beautifully by Kira Knightley. Yeah, she's very good. Um and so Catherine Gunn worked for an intelligence agency in the UK um, called the GCRH, something like that. Yeah, it's it was an acronym a, a, for a spying, wiretap, listening, and translating service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she was a spy essentially, but just like listening to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the run-up to the Iraq War, um, there, if you guys remember, there was some. Uh, Grumblings from the UN that um, that there are no WMDs, right? And that like they really wanted a, a UN Security Council resolution um, in order to to, go to, to go to war, and they didn't think they were going to get one. And so she's just sort of at work one day and gets this email forwarded uh, to her and all of her coworkers uh, from somebody at uh, the NSA. Yeah, NI6, MI6 via the NSA. Yeah. And it says, in intelligence speak, it says, um, 
In order to secure the UN Security Council resolution, we want you to um, go out and find, uh, basically spy on the members of the UN Security Council, mm -hmm. um, who we think may not vote for this resolution. Right. These specific members from these specific countries like were worried Cameroon might and, not vote. Yeah. Chile and a couple other right. countries. Um, this, but the specific delegates themselves, mm -hmm. um, and then basically we're going to blackmail them into voting for right. this We're going to get compromise <laughs> on them and we're going to strong arm them yeah. into making sure we get the vote. And it's just very casual email sent to like, she's like a pretty low level security analyst. I mean, she's got top secret clearance, certainly, but mm -hmm. um, anyway, <clears throat> she reads it. And she uh, doesn't, she's sort of checking in with her coworkers, like, did you get this? Did you read this? And one of them like, gets their boss and they're like, did we approve this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's with the US. Like, we're gonna, it's just, you know, don't worry about it. Just do your job. <laughs> just do your job, yeah. And so um, she eventually decides that it's not okay. And so she um, goes, to, this is 2003, so it's the technology is a little different than it would be today. She prints the email. Um, and mails it to a friend of hers in the anti-war movement. That friend of hers um, gives it to another friend, um, and then that person eventually gives it to, what is his name, Martin Bright? Yeah, yeah journalist. Um, at the Globe? Observer? The Observer, yeah. Yeah, um, and he is the one who eventually runs with this story. They, of course, don't know who gave it to them. Nobody knows it's Catherine Gunn. Um, it takes weeks for them to to finally print it and then they do and then there's some things that happen but anyway um and this is all a true story um eventually she the you know the they prosecute her well yeah they come in and she admits that she did it because she's afraid for her co-workers uh so she she just comes forward and says i well, did it and she's afraid the whole thing will be covered up and the public will never know too right yeah so she's like i'm the one that did it so they can't decide if they're going to prosecute her. It's this whole thing, but they eventually do. And then you can look at the history books, and I won't ruin it for you. But it's really yeah, won't ruin the movie. Go see the exceptional. Movie. It's a really great film, and I really didn't remember all of these details. And I'm not. I, I didn't live in the UK. I'm not from the UK, so I think I followed it um, less so than all of the crazy bullshit that W was up to yeah. over here during that period. Well, it was just a, another. I, I I sort of remember her her acquittal or, or her. Uh, okay, I remember how it ended, be but remember, at that time, where we were well into 2004, the war was already a boondoggle, and there were already all these, you know, problems, and... We were figuring out pretty quick they did yeah. not have any WMD, and yeah. all that shit was made up. So that was just another thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was just another, you know, log on the fire right. for the, the smoldering mess that was the Iraq War. Yeah. But it, really interesting, and, and seriously, you could not have timed the release of this movie more perfectly. I think it just came out. Yeah. And with what's going on uh, today, which is a perfect segue, and I guess we'll get right into that unless there's anything else yeah. you want to say about the movie. No, just go fucking watch it. It's so good. Okay, so if you're paying any attention, you know that the world has been melting down the last couple days as it has been revealed that uh, apparently... Our current president, uh, Donald J. Trump, has been either withholding or threatening to withhold or dangling military aid for the Ukraine. Of course, the Ukraine having been invaded and still invaded and occupied by Russia mm -hmm. to defend themselves from Putin and Russia. And essentially, Trump has uh, promised to finally give them the aid that Congress approved for them if they will help 
investigate Joe Biden. Or they will create controversy for Joe Biden. And something to do with his son, which I'm not clear about. What well, I'll get to the what that's all about, which is really dumb in, in, in a minute. But basically, yeah, they you have the president of the United States saying, you need this military aid. We're only going to give it to you if you help me with my reelection campaign by digging up dirt on my potential opponent. I right. mean, that's what it is, and folks. And this pertains to the whistleblower in what way? Well, I mean, the stories are, are a little different, but it was a whistleblower in the intelligence community because when when the president talks to foreign leaders, like, we got people listening in, they got people listening in, like, they're not just left alone, uh, certainly not on the phone. Um, they can sort of find themselves semi-alone sometimes if they actually meet in person. This happened with Reagan and Gorbachev famously. But, like, everybody's listening. It's a party line. And somebody in the intelligence community heard Trump say this and say, this is a big effing problem. This is not cool. They brought it to they, – they went through the chain of command and brought it to the IG and said this is problematic. The uh, IG agreed and said uh, they what had was to the say, terminology they used? Yeah, it has to be um, like uh, probable and um, – Important, basically. It has to be like, yes, it's true. Like we can verify that this is accurate, and, and also urgent, urgent yeah. and like illegal. Yes. Yeah, and so it was determined that that is what this is. That this yeah. is a credible, um, urgent threat. Right. And so then it has to go to the DNI, and the DNI then releases it to Congress, which Adam Schiff has been asking them to do, and the DNI said no. Yeah, the DNI is, is refusing. He's a he's an acting DNI Trump appointee. Worried about covering himself legally. It's it's a whole morass, and you can get into it more. But I want to talk about how it relates to, to the movie last night. Um, you know, it's not a, a perfect analogy. Obviously, this was someone who leaked something to the media. In in this case with Trump, this is somebody who went through the official channels, dotted the I, crossed the T, essentially went to HR. Right? There's a reason we have whistleblower laws, and they follow right. them. Right, right. Um, they. So, this is not like no crime has been committed by this whistleblower. Yeah. We have whistleblower laws precisely for shit like this. Right, and they were followed, and it's now the administration who's breaking the law. Right. So, but in both cases, you have something that's highly illegal uh, is being done by the, the upper echelons of the government. I mean, in our case, the president. And you have somebody who's essentially just a, just a, a staffer, a cog in the machine, uh, stepping up and saying, you know, I have to say something. Hi, this is illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the president's doing something really, really demonstrably illegal, and yeah. I need to tell someone about it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in in the case in, from the movie in the Britain case, it was it was sort of bigger than that. It yeah. was like the, this war is not going to be legal, and I can't just let us bullshit our way into it. Right? She was trying to save the country from going to war mm -hmm. um, under false pretenses, and she would say she failed, um, but she's a fucking hero. For well, trying. she she may have derailed the the plot to get the UN resolution. What if you don't remember? What what Blair and Bush did was say, oh, this old Iraq resolution from 1991, it, we'll just use that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is we'll just, asinine. We'll, yeah, no, you can't. That's not how it works. Um, and then eventually, they so they didn't get their UN Security Council resolution, they, so they just went They said, we're anyway. just going to use the old one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but what they wanted it for was cover, yeah. so that everybody wanted to do this, not just us. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, and and we'll keep following the story of what's happening here and see what goes on. Um, but it's very troubling that, you know, you can go through the exact correct legal processes and that the government, the whole reason that the whistleblower process exists is so that the government can't prevent you from saying it's doing illegal things, and now that's exactly what the government is trying to do. Uh, can I talk about the stupidity of Rudy Giuliani and... I don't know anything about it. The, so. the New York Times and this whole thing with Biden and I have, Biden's son? I don't know anything about it. Okay. Well, it's arcane, and it's Byzantine, and it's complicated, but essentially, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter is part of some like oil conglomerate that had some deal in Ukraine and it's tied to some oligarch who did something corrupt within the Ukraine government so they're trying to say Biden is somehow involved in this corruption in the UK in the, in the Ukraine right okay um let's think about this like first. Joe or Hunter Hunter okay um i mean i i'm not saying he's not i don't know well that's kind of not the point <laughs> almost like Let's put it this way. In the age of Trump, where there's a scandal a day, if it's not self-dealing or emoluments or, you know, everything he's done with the Russians and the Saudis and everything else, you're going to tell me that Joe Biden's kid, who is in no way affiliated with the Joe Biden for president campaign, as far as I know, I don't think he is at all, did this arcane thing with this oil conglomerate that might have something to do with you inside baseball Ukrainian politics and therefore that's a big scandal for Joe Biden. Why does anybody think the, the American public is going to be like, well, oh, we should care about this? How would they I don't, care about it? I don't know and I don't care, but I, I do care that like where corruption exists, we should root it out regardless of the name of the person attached to it. And so if there's corruption happening, we should talk about it. I don't think it has anything to do with Joe Biden or his presidential campaign. I don't know how high up his kid was in this thing, if he was or wasn't involved, if he just works for them and there is this scandal and they know about it because they know about a lot of Ukrainian and Russian uh, money scandals. So it's not surprising to me that they would, would be aware of this one. Um, I don't think anybody's going to care other than like <laughs> my parents will pretend to understand and pretend to care because they want Joe Biden to lose. They don't. Yeah, but they don't count. I mean, like if you're Donald Trump, my point is, if you're Donald Trump and you are willing to take this amazing risk and of course, there's reason to think at this point you can get away with anything. But if, if there is a world in which you, you're worried you might not be able to get away with absolutely everything. And you're going to take this risk to reveal an arcane connection with Joe Biden's son who's not on the campaign that has something, something to do with Ukrainian politics. And and that's that's going to overcome his 12-point deficit to Biden? I just – I don't get it. I don't well, get it. And, and Ken Vogel, the New York Times, they're trying to keep it alive. Oh, no, no, no. This is a big story for Biden. This is a big problem. I'm like – how in this in the age of Trump, like I don't even think people are going to be now. Granted, they didn't really understand the the. I think you're being email too thing. sophisticated about this. It doesn't matter what the what. It doesn't matter what happened. It does. Like, we're way beyond facts at this point. Yeah. Trump says, "Oh yeah, you say I'm involved in bad things, but look at this." And all he has to say is, 
Joe Biden and his son in the Ukraine, Russian money. See? And nobody's going to look at the details or the facts or give a shit. They're just going to be like, see, Biden's dirty, too. And, then, and, and then that'll you, be that. And then you get enough, like, undecided type swing voters to throw up their hands and say, everybody's corrupt. I'll yep. just stay home. Yeah. OK, I could see that. Uh, the problem with that is be, because of this uh, <coughs> attempted extortion and cover up, the, the story isn't about whatever Biden's kid right. did. So and now you have Giuliani. <laughs> Giuliani's amazing. You got Giuliani on CNN because remember, a few months ago we heard about this because Giuliani went over there and like publicized he was going over there to dig up dirt on Joe Biden in the Ukraine. And then the Ukraine kind of turned him away and said go away. And then when word got out about what was happening, the, the, it was kind of off. And so he's on with Chris Cuomo the other night, and Cuomo's like, "Did you did you go do this?" At first he says, "No, of course I didn't." And then like five seconds later, he's like, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> yeah, he's a lunatic. I and, don't care about him. And, but no, but I mean, is is Trump asking Giuliani to be out there and be a surrogate again? This never this never works out. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I. And, and I'm not sure the something something Biden something corruption Russia really is going to resonate. Like, I don't know if it is either, but I, I think it's just like throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Sure, and he'll and he'll do that no matter who the nominee is. Like I still yeah. don't think Biden's going to be the nominee. I just I hope not. I, I mean I know he's he's still leading, and that lead's not good. And Greg reminds me every day he's still leading, he's still leading, he's still leading. Yeah, and and everybody's leading until they weren't. Think about two thousand eight. Clinton was leading, 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 and until she wasn't, then she never was again. Right. 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 In the primary. Right. So you know, I I I don't think ultimately he'll be the nominee, but I just I don't know if we're that stupid to to take this arcane thing having to do with and it's funny like you're gonna point fingers at the the kids of a presidential nominee. For corruption. I mean, give me a fucking break. And this... this but I don't think that's a good thing for us to start talking about either. Well, it, we can do whatever we want because look at your kids. That's not a path I want to go down. No, no. I'm not trying to get into the what whataboutism. It's like, it, it's not really even clear that there was anything untoward here. I, the people are starting to look into it and be like, I don't see what... You know, there's nothing really that's here. Right. Um... But like, just because your guy's dirty doesn't mean that our guys get to be dirty. And look, here, here's the that's only, my point. Well, sure, but the only way it could really be dirty is you would have to take a hard look at if if Hunter Biden was actively involved financially in some corrupt thing in Ukraine having to do with oil. Um, I think Biden might have a hard time, or we would have to really scrutinize whatever he did, whatever legislation or or you know policy he had towards Ukraine in that fashion. We might have to look with a sure with a raised eyebrow. Right. That, that's it. Though. But I mean, I don't think, like, what I'm saying is not that Joe Biden is dirty. I'm saying if Hunter Biden is dirty, then Hunter Biden is dirty. And just because Jared and Ivanka and all the rest of them are garbage trash humans who are absolutely corrupt doesn't mean that, like, you know what I mean? Like the rule of law still exists and I would like it to continue to do so. I don't think it has anything to do with Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't, I don't care. I I literally don't think it has anything to do with Joe, but just because, you know, Jared and Ivanka are corrupt and nothing has happened to them. Doesn't mean that we're just like, well, 
No, but I guess no. Well, no, it doesn't matter. Like nothing matters I, now. So I disagree. It's, fine. it's apples and oranges. Jared and Ivanka work in the White House. Jared and Ivanka make policy. Jared and Ivanka act as de facto ambassadors in the, in the Middle East. And and I agree. I'm saying this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It has right. nothing to do with Joe Biden. Absolutely nothing. That's not the case for Jared and Ivanka, but it is the case for Hunter. Should there be anything untoward that happened, but, which we have no way of knowing yet. Okay. Yeah, but th- that's my point, though. Hunter is in no way, at least as far as I know, affiliated with the campaign. Right. So I'm not even sure why it's a story. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It shouldn't be. I mean, it's a story that Joe Biden's kid might be in trouble, but it's. In trouble I guess the in president Ukraine. think right. The president seems to think that he can make hay out of it. Is that why it's a story? I don't know. Yes. It seems irrelevant to me. It seems like a frustrating thing to even be talking about, <laughs> frankly. Well, we're only talking about it now because we're playing devil's advocate for a hot minute. Because, again, the story is this horrible corruption by Trump, which is absolutely impeachable. And you still have Pelosi saying no, 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 no uh, to impeachment, which impeachment isn't a thing anymore. Nope. I mean, just rip it out of the Constitution. Yep. And again, we've said it again and again and again and again. The problem with that is, and you even have like all these never Trumpers who were like, don't do impeachment, don't do impeachment, don't do impeachment. Now, all today on Twitter, they're like, yeah, you got to impeach. The problem is, and again, even if Trump loses in 2020, which, you know, unless there's hanky panky, he probably will, but um, you've now set the precedent that this is okay and normal for a president to do. Yeah, we defeated him at the ballot box, but. You could have made that same argument for defeating him at the ballot box if you didn't like his economic policy, right? Or if you didn't like his domestic policy. Yep. It's normal politics as usual. Oh, we're not, you know, we're not going to do our constitutional duty and issue articles of impeachment. We're just going to make sure we win in the next election. So what you are saying is this is all okay. This is all acceptable. What we're saying is that if you ascend to the presidency of the United States, you are allowed to break any and every law that you want, and it's not allowable for us to remove a person once they are elected president. Yeah. Let me put it this way. Now, now Trump, if and when he loses, may be in trouble with the the New York... um, The New York uh, State... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? SDNY... Mm-hmm. The Southern District of New York. He may he may have some legal trouble, but if he's managed if he's managed to escape that, and he serves his one term, and he's a, he's been able to enrich himself from having that job as president, that's that's the new precedent. I mean, and now, I love the founding fathers so much. Can you imagine how much they'd be turning over in their graves to be like, oh, by the way, um, <coughs> the people who love you the very most have just taken all um, constitutional protections out of uh, checks and balances of power on the president, Mm -hmm. and we now have a tyrant king who can break any and every law, and we have no way of removing him. We did good, right? (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's sort of even worse than that. It's the worst face of capitalism. Yep. Because if Trump gets away with this and just loses the election... It's not. It's, I don't care as much about the fact that he enriched himself. I mean, that's a whole thing that I care about, but it's not as important to me as he's just a just breaks a bunch of laws and it's fine. But the, the, it's two, corruption. the two go hand in hand. You know, you're you're breaking these emoluments laws and violating the Constitution and, and blackmailing and, people and yeah, impeding in investigations and it's, it's, colluding it's, with foreign governments. I mean, these are the things that matter to me. 
Well, yes, but in the case of Trump, that's all tied together. It's all for it all serves the same purpose. And my point is that if you're some rich asshole, now you can look at the presidency and say, okay, even if I just do this for four years and get balanced, what a wonderful financial opportunity for me to enrich myself and my family even further. Right. And I'll just be corrupt as hell and I'll break every emolument and you know, I'll do with whatever whichever party works for me. I'll just appeal to their most, you know, strident base instinct and that'll insulate me for four years. And, you know, then I'll get out of town and I'll be billions of dollars richer and yeah. we'll all be worse off for it. Yeah. And if if all you're doing is say, oh, we don't like that anymore. Now we got to win an election. That's what you've said is OK. That is the precedent that Nancy Pelosi will have set. Yep. Then you just buy the presidency. Yeah. Use it for your benefit. Nobody can impeach you anymore. Um, and then, yeah, we live in a banana republic. Yeah. Now, you can you can be Pollyanna about it and say, well, now that we've had a taste of that, we'll never go back there again and we'll only Whatever. nominate serious politicians. And I'm like, well, not in the other party. I can't. <laughs> Democrats at this point probably won't do that. Like, you know, an Avenatti comes along and we, we bounce them out pretty quickly. But, you know, the other side, they're, they're going to nominate lunatics from here to the end of time. Yeah, I don't think we're immune from that, from capitalist greed, the Democratic Party. Oh, like, definitely not. On. We get somebody who's, who's enough of a smooth talker yeah, and doesn't have that many skeletons just pouring out of the closet like Avenatti. Like, yeah, sure, it's possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Just be a little smarter about it, a little, you know, less Trump. Mm-hmm. Get away with worse, probably. And we just, yeah. I mean, we're, it's over. It's done. This is This grand experiment is over. It just is. And yeah. so we just have to get used to it. Now, in Pelosi's defense, and at the end of the day, she might be right, she has got the ultra-pragmatic view that, A, the only thing that matters is winning the next election or this is all for naught, which I get it. And number two, impeachment, just the word alone, even if half the country doesn't even know what it means, the word impeachment gets everybody into such a crazy-ass frenzy that we just can't go there and, and risk what is an excellent chance of winning the next election and taking back the Senate. It's just too risky. At the end of the day, she could be right, but That's, hold on. She could be correct, Yeah. but she's not right. Yep. Yep. She, she's probably correct. And also, <clears throat> maybe the next election isn't um, the most important thing. Um, it seems like it right now, but maybe like reestablishing the norms of our institutions so that this entire country doesn't just fall apart um, and become literally just nothing but a, an even greater series of lies than it already is. I think that's maybe worth it if we don't take back the fucking Senate. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. So I, I understand where Pelosi's coming from. But I, I just think we're so past that point now. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm at this point where like I, I'm sort of just like done with establishment politics. Like I just don't. I don't. It, it it's so deeply dysfunctional at this point, and nothing. It's it's just it's shown itself to be exactly what it is, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I have no faith in it anymore. I just, it's like, I just don't. I just have no faith in it. I, I don't, 
I don't see how it's doing anything or helping anyone. I don't think I just I'm just sort of like in this dark place of like, yeah, it's we're fucked and it's done. And so moving on, like, I don't care what Nancy Pelosi does. I don't care what Giuliani says. I don't really care what the president does. Like, I can't, it's just it's it's beyond help. And criticizing Nancy Pelosi or not, do we impeach him? I mean, I, I have opinions, I guess, but it's also I'm just sort of like, yeah, I don't I think we're done politics is is a, a farce at this point believing that anything we do at this point is going to meaningfully change anything like come on you could be correct but you know as long as we are citizens in this country we we have to try to fix it and yeah i just don't think washington's the way to do it yeah i don't you could i just be right about that i just feel like what's the point i don't know i feel like you know Going local, helping the people around you, building community, building safeguards um, might be the way to go. I don't know the answers, but this just feels like spinning in circles at this point. Like, I just. Well, I think we got a bunch of kids striking because the literal earth is going to melt down and we're mm -hmm. all going to die. And, you know, then in Washington, they're like criticizing them because what do they know? And why don't they go back to school? And it's just like, go fuck yourselves. Like, you just, I just, I'm done. I'm done with them. I just. Have no use for fucking old white people anymore in Washington. I just can't. I can't. Well, I, I think we're seeing more of that. In fact, right down the street, there's a, uh, a Unitarian church mm -hmm. who's holding a community climate forum. Yeah. And that we would have gone to it, have enough for the podcast and some stuff we're preparing for. But um, I think that's a great thing. And you're seeing more and more of that. Um, the kids, like you said, are getting involved. If if there is anything that's going to save us, it is going to be the younger generation. Yep. Who's just not going to deal with the shit anymore. And they're mostly trying to save them fucking selves. Because yeah. we're not going to do it. Yeah. We'll just watch them burn. Yeah. They don't. We don't give a fuck about their future. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, we do. So I guess, can we, like, I don't know, not die? Fix it. <laughs> Try. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. It's not. No amount of marching is going to make any difference. You think marching is going to make the global powers stop using carbon emissions? Like, we're fucked. I'm sorry. I'm feeling very hopeless today. Like, what, what amount of activism is going to make the capitalists decide that capitalism is a bad idea and maybe we shouldn't let the world burn down? Uh, I, hitting them where it hurts. And I don't know what that looks like. It could be uh, massive general strikes, massive boycotts. Yeah. Um, but again, that, that, that power lies definitely in the younger generations. In the people. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, the younger generation that is the workforce. Yeah. Um, and, you know. I mean, the... the eventual end of capitalism as Marx saw it was always that was just like the greed the capitalist greed would just take over mm -hmm. and the bourgeois would become such a small number of people and the proletariat would just be like go fuck yourselves and rise up and, and take them over. over and if we don't do that then sorry but we're fucked it seems to be heading in that direction for sure uh, can I talk about uh, Greta Thunberg? Yes, please. She's lovely and wonderful. Uh, she is. She's uh, Swedish, is that right? I thought she was German, but I don't know. No, no. She, I think she's Swedish. And she's a, a young lady who... She's uh, 16. 16. She is uh, publicly and openly on the autism spectrum. And she is a crusader for uh, 
basically trying to save the environment. I wouldn't call her, I mean, a crusader is accurate, I think, but I would also point out that she's fucking brilliant. She's really smart. She's fucking brilliant. She knows her shit. She's really good at messaging. She understands the actual science behind what is happening to the climate. She understands the science better than anybody in Washington understands the science behind what's happening to the climate. Well, she communicates it so much better. She's able to explain it in a way that makes sense. She's able to explain the dire nature of it in a way that makes sense. Um, And her demeanor is such that she doesn't come off as like some angry, yelling kid, but like a very measured Adult. Well, she who was is explaining things. She and was it's on. Great. She was on Capitol Hill the other day, and uh, I watched some of it, not all of it. And I was. I thought for a minute maybe these horrible Republican white men were going to be mean to her, but even worse, they were very subtly condescending to her. Of course, they were acting in like, "Oh, aren't you precious?" kind mm-hmm. of way. Right. And she just talked circles around them. Right. Um. You know, they tried to use these analogies like you would use with a baby, like a little kid to try to explain something. And then she would turn it right around on them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, she's she's way smarter than these people. Right. And I mean, people are talking about, oh, she's a 16 year old girl. And it's like, fuck you. Joan of Arc led an army at 16. Mm-hmm. Malala won a Nobel Prize by that age. I mean, young women have been doing shit for a really long time at a pretty young age. That's, so that's who we're going to save us. Off. If we are to be saved, yep. that is who will save us. Yep. Is young women. Yeah. And so, um, God bless her. We, we, we I know her. she's great. And then, you know, these marches with all these kids, it was gigantic. It was all over the world. It was hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Um, which is great. It's yeah. great. And then some right-wing assholes are trying to uh, show photos of garbage and saying, look, they, these, these climate change kids, they, they left this garbage everywhere. Uh, first of all, like leaving garbage places has very little if nothing to do with climate change. And secondly, right. uh, that, was, that was not, that was some from pot, some pot festival. So they took those pictures and said these were the climate kids because okay. that's what they do. Those wonderful people. Good. So Good. about 10 minutes for the break. In the second half, we're going to get to some local and state stuff that Rachel has been itching yes. to talk about. Um, meanwhile, what else would you like to discuss from the world at large? Oh, I know. What? Do you want to talk about Justin Trudeau? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> God, he's such garbage. Uh, yeah, he's a real big fan of blackface, I guess. Yeah, apparently there's there's... There was one photo, and now there's video, and and eighty-five more photos. Like he was big into the whole blackface thing. Yep. And I guess he figured they'd never see the light of day. Uh, He has a big election, and again, Canadian politics, uh, much like Israeli politics, which I'll get to in a little bit, um, is parliamentary. So it's not that clear cut, but he is is in big trouble. Is an election and. Yeah, that's what that's what I was I yeah. was getting to. He, he's not being elected, right? Like you don't vote for Justin Trudeau on the ballot. No, but his party he would remain prime minister if his yeah. party had the majority seats. Right. Um, he polls were showing kind of neck and neck anyway before this, so he could be in real trouble now. Well, I think it's interesting because they could also win and then pick a different prime minister. Yes, they could. It, it's complicated, but they could. And anyway, anyway, Justin Trudeau's. A dick. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, I guess we should have known. We just can't trust white dudes, I guess. Is the, no, I mean, back in the day, like, you know, he, we weren't, we were not as critical of liberal woke white folks as we should have been. Yeah. And are now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's garbage. Um, and shocking. I mean, no, he's a white dude. He's a, like a straight white dude. I, it's just none of it's ever shocking. This, um, I'm going to talk about this case in California. Um, this guy, uh, his last name's Buck. Um, he keeps being described as an activist, which is really pissing off my activist friends. He is not. He's a donor. Mm-hmm. He is a big, big Democratic donor in the state oh, of California. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a yeah. gay guy. He donates yeah. to a bunch of LGBT causes. I will. I would like to point out. He doesn't vote donating to a bunch of, like, good LGBT causes. He donates to a bunch of corporate LGBT causes. So the HRC and, like, that kind of shit. Like, GLAAD. And uh, all the Democratic state people, all the Democratic governors and AGs. And, like, he's a big Democratic donor. Um, And he is a murderer as well. Um, He, there's... This is a really frustrating story because it could have been prevented multiple times. Um, what does that have to do with him giving meth to people or something? Yeah, so what he does is, um, <clears throat> in his spare time, pathologically it seems, he um, goes and gets uh, marginalized, often homeless or on the edge of homelessness, um, black men, and pays them to for sex in his home. But it's not just sex, it's what he calls chem sex, which is his, quote, fetish, which is where he um, injects his uh, dates with methamphetamines um, intravenously, sometimes with their consent, sometimes without their consent. He also has used um, GHB and Rohypnol, slipped in Gatorade so that they pass out, and then he injects them with meth and then has sex with them. That's like some shit Jeffrey Dahmer used to do. Yeah, and it's also... uh, So, it's also really problematic because of like the trauma of black people and like Tuskegee stuff and like it's a whole thing yeah (laughs) so well this guy is African American himself no he's a white guy I thought Buck was African no he's a fucking white guy oh Jesus yeah who just hates black men and wants to inject them with poison and then have sex with them so first black guy turns up dead and he calls the police and the police come and the black man is sprawled out on his living room floor, naked, surrounded by sex toys and syringes, dead. Jesus Christ. And he's like, yeah, I guess he overdosed. And the police were like, oh, yeah, must have been an accident. And that's it. They take him away. <laughs> death ruled an accident. Fine. A couple months later, black community's like, the fuck? A couple yeah. months later, exact same scenario. Black guy, naked, surrounded by sex toys and syringes, dead. And he's like, yeah, I guess he must have overdosed. The cops are like, yep, looks like it. And now the black community's real fucking pissed, right? Mm -hmm. And the mother of this second victim, I believe it was the second victim, found some journals from her son that are heartbreaking. That literally say, in his own words, like, I'm at this point right now where, like, I'm going to die and it'll be at the hands of this guy. I think it's Marty Buck. Um, he's the first one who injected me with this drug and now I'm, I'm just at its mercy and I don't know what to do and I'm, I'm probably going to die and if I do it'll be because of him. In like explicitly says this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, this is paraphrasing. I'm not reading from it, but look it up. Mm-hmm. Calling on, 
you know, the DA to prosecute this guy or investigate or at least don't rule my kid's death a fucking accident without some kind of investigation. Can we have an autopsy? Like, what the fuck happened to my kid, right? Nothing happens. God. Third victim. Nothing happens. Exact same scenario. Nothing happens. Fourth victim survives. Manages to get out of the house, call the police, manages to get himself to a hospital and tells the harrowing story about exactly what happened, which is he was forcibly injected with methamphetamines. Then he, when he wasn't like, it wasn't enough, he kept injecting more and more and more. And he started to overdose, which is when he's tried to leave and the guy tried to prevent him, Buck tried to prevent him from leaving. He eventually managed to get his way out of the house. Um, but he said over the course of a few days, multiple times this happened, he would bring him to the brink of death, to the brink of overdose with this medication, or this poison, rather. And then he would bring him back. And then he'd bring him to the brink of death, and then eventually so he So this escaped. guy's a serial murderer. Yes. Yes. But his victims, right, are marginalized, gay, mm-hmm. black men, much like Dahmer's, yeah. that he paid, and who were known to be some of them drug users. Yeah. And so nobody gave a fuck. And he's this really, really rich, really, really well-connected white guy in California. And why do you think he gave all that money to all those people? It's to, not so that he could... It's hobnobby, sure, but, like, it's also for... Himself. Yeah, exactly. So same with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, and he got away with it. Yeah. Killed three people at least. And uh, Epstein. Yeah, exactly. So um, <clears throat> he's been charged with... Um, Assault, manslaughter, maybe. No, because the guy survived. The other three, they <sighs> still have ruled accidental deaths and are not at this point reinvestigating or reopening the cases. Oh well, there's going to be pressure to do that. There is already, imagine. but I don't know. Um, so yeah, he'll the maximum for what he's charged right now is five years. God. Mm-hmm. He won't see a day of it. He must have donated a lot to the DA's office yep. and the. Yep. Oh yep. God. Yep. Yep. How so gross is that? Well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even know the details of it. Yeah, and I'm sure most people don't even know what the hell's going on. With right. It. I mean, sure, Fox News is saying something about a Democrat. They are. They're calling him a Democratic activist, close to with close ties to the Hillary Clinton campaign because mm-hmm. he donated a bunch of money to her, which is not true. He's just a fucking donor from California. <laughs> like right. there's so many, right? Yeah. Um, but hey, there are monsters in every community, and that includes my own. And that you don't get a pass, and we have got to stop ignoring the murder of fucking black queer people, and the the just complete throwaway of black queer bodies. It's fucked up. Just pivoting back to uh, presidential politics for a minute, Elizabeth Warren. I think it was last night made a point to read like yes. a dozen every names of- trans woman who's been murdered this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see any other candidate doing that. Nope. Bernie Sanders didn't even go to the fucking LGBT forum. Yeah. How's that, Bernie? So kudos for that. Uh, you know, of course, as closer and closer Elizabeth Warren gets to catching Biden, the stuff she has done to claim uh, Native uh, heritage is going to come up, as it rightly should, and hopefully she uh, has a lot of good mea culpas about that because yep. Hopefully she's been wrong. doing the work. Yeah. And she's been talking to Native folks and figuring out how to repair that. Yeah. Well, I certainly yeah. hope so. Not just with Native folks, with folks like us. We want to, we want to hear uh, what the hell. Right. Explain but I'm certainly please. not going to not vote for her over this. Sorry, but I'm not going to not vote for her. No, obviously, obviously. Native people aren't like, don't vote for her. They're like, uh, she has really good connections and has been talking to us and no one else has. So yeah. can we vote for her? Can, can you stop worrying about Pocahontas, please? Yeah. So... 
if they're saying that, I'm happy to do so. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, so we're going to come up to the break here. I'm going to talk in the second half a little bit about the Israel Israeli election, which okay. was a huge deal earlier this week, but totally got washed away by more uh, Trump insanity. And we have some local stuff to talk about. So yes. don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back. Testimony. It is time for another episode of Shit That Pissed Rachel Off During the Break. Uh, might be a little combo of pissed off and made happy. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, so um, jumping off of my everything is garbage and nothing can be done, um, I just want to clarify. <laughs> I just am growing weary of believing that like doing things the old way is going to... Um, produce the results that we once thought it would and, and that it used to. With the caveat, we all have to still vote. Of course you have to still vote. Of course you have to still vote. And of course, call your Congress people. Like, do all of that stuff, but I think it's time for more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read this article from the Colorado Independent. Hundreds of ice, anti-ICE protesters demonstrate outside home of Aurora Detention Center chief. Police in riot gear blocking access to home as protests turn raucous. Mm-hmm. This is written by Alex Burness. Hundreds of Abolish Ice Denver protesters flooded the quiet Aurora subdivision Thursday night where the local immigration detention center warden lives. They marched up to the home of the warden, Johnny Choate, chanting, Nazi fucks get off our streets and power to the people. (laughs) Awesome. Choate was not in his house Thursday night, according to a colleague. The protesters were met tonight by a massive police response, including numerous motorcycle cops and a team in full riot gear. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't see a riot here. Why are you in riot gear? The marchers chanted as police drove them down the block. Aurora police said in a tweet about an hour after the protest that three men were arrested on suspicion of obstruction, disorderly conduct, and resisting arrest, and that they will be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Neighbors lined the streets of the Tollgate Crossing subdivision to watch, and in some cases to shout back at the marchers. They're not marchers, they're protesters. The neighborhood HOA prepared for this and encouraged residents to put no trespassing signs outside their homes. <laughs> oh my God, can oh. you imagine that HOA meeting? I mean, oh my God, they found our Achilles heel, baby. <laughs> That's all, they they figured it out. 
He figured it out. What are we gonna do? Oh, uh, we could. Oh, it's the they no put they put no sign. trespassing signs in their yards. What what are we gonna do? Um, First of all, they're on the street, so what, you know. Abolish ICE Denver. The event organizers were also present during the July protest outside the Aurora Immigration Detention Center that showed overseas. That Uh, protest made national news after some participants seized the American and Colorado flags outside the facility, replacing them with an abolish ICE and a Mexican flag. Good. I love them so much. (laughs) Great. Choate is an employee of the GEO Group, the nation's largest private prison company and owner and operator of the Aurora Detention Center. Mm. He's also a member... Shock of the Aurora Chambers Board of Directors. Oh my God. The Aurora Sentinel recently reported that Choate has stopped attending meetings because he doesn't feel safe to do so. <laughs> Abolish ICE organizer Matthew Wozniak said in a statement earlier today that the group is sending a clear message. Just following orders is no excuse. It didn't work for Nazis at the Nuremberg trials and it doesn't work now. So no one else thinks that's like not a conflict of interest when you have a personal financial gain in keeping these people locked up. Oh, it's so much worse than that. In a statement issued after the protest Thursday, a GEO Group spokesperson said, quote, Tonight we breathe a sigh of relief that our employees' families and his neighbors are safe and their properties remain intact. Because, of course, that's what's important. And we weren't going to do anything to your stupid friggin' families. Unfortunately, the spectacle has set a new low in our policies and public discourse. Oh, that, these set, misdirected, that set a, Luna, a new low. These misdirected attacks and intimidation of our employees must stop. We encourage our local leaders to stand up against these hateful tactics and push for a return to civil discourse. Oh, Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, my going? God. Earlier in the week, the Colorado GOP also issued a statement condemning the planned protest. Yeah, Quote, I bet you did. The planned protest outside Warden Choate's home by anti-extreme ICE protesters goes beyond the pale. Groups like Abolish ICE have demonstrated they have little regard for the rule of law, and threatening nature of this protest should be taken very seriously, Colorado GOP Chairman Ken Buck said. Oh, good old Ken Buck. What is it with guys named Buck? Yeah. The ICE Detention Center in Aurora has a capacity for 1,500 people and has of late been operating close to that limit. It's come under fire for alleged medical neglect, prolonged Mm -hmm. solitary confinement. This week, the ACLU of Colorado issued a blistering report alleging multiple cases of abuse and neglect within the facility. While protesters have long been staging rallies against ICE and GEO facility, this is the first to target the private residence of an employee. As police steered protesters down the street, they gathered at a parking lot near the subdivision's clubhouse and pool. Jeanette Vizguera, a leader in the immigrants' right community who lives under the threat of deportation, offered words of encouragement and the group dispersed. Okay, so I have a lot of things to say about this. Number one, I don't love them so much. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about, like, just, like, go march and it's great because thousands of people shut up, like, that's good and it's good that we are showing that like large numbers of people agree and are willing to go into the streets and whatever, right? That's good. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like three years ago good. Two years ago, good. Like, we thought maybe that would make a difference. And do you see a difference? Because I don't. But protest is different. And especially direct action like this. And, look, it is civil disobedience. And it does carry with it the threat of incarceration. Yeah. The threat of state action against you and your family. The threat of of state surveillance. It it carries with it a, a significant hole in some cases in this case it could be trigger happy homeowners who yell get off my lawn you know but I think too that you know what we're up against these normal tactics just aren't gonna work yeah and 
excuse me, but talk about the rule of law. Fuck you. <laughs> what did you just say about what's happening inside that detention center? Yeah. Abuse, neglect, assault, death. Okay. Yeah, where's the rule Where's of the law rule there? of law in there? So I'm going to come outside your house and I'm going to yell things in the streets and it might get smashy because fuck this. Um, and then this line, this is what, this is what I just keep thinking is like, you know how in those disaster movies, how like there's an alien invasion or that this giant natural disaster and everybody mm-hmm. just puts aside everything because we have to like figure out how to not die. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I feel like right now we wouldn't. We would just be arguing about whether or not the aliens were really here, and <laughs> and then if we got angry Fake about news. it, they would be like, you need to be civil and not hurt people. I mean, I don't know. It's just like... There's nothing that can unite We're us, literally... So yes. Uh, and so I don't want to... I don't know. Like, I just feel like... Yeah, you're probably right. I was thinking discourse? like another 9-11, but no, probably not. Everybody would be pointing fingers and the yes. Alex Jones people yeah. would be talking about conspiracies. Right. and Yeah. Antifa did this. Right, and, right, right, right. Right? I mean, I just, I don't know. But I love them. I love them so much. And I, I do think that sort of like more direct action is necessary. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the lives of children and human beings that are being lost at the hands of the state against the rule of law. These people should not be detained. They are not legally or lawfully being detained. So. You're absolutely right. It, I don't know how the GOP wants me to have a civil discourse about that. No, Let there them the should fuck be out. no. Let them the fuck out and then we will stop talking about it. Stop doing this illegal thing. And then we No, won't. what they're asking for is complacence. Yes. And where does that get us when we are talking about genocide? It gets us pretty close to genocide. Yeah. Right? So. That's happening. Um, I guess that's a good segue into some of the local stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, so this geo group, we had a city council election a couple months ago, and it was a pretty big... Um, uh, what do you call when it's not supposed to go the way that it goes? Upset? Yeah, pretty big upset. Um, some people who'd been in city council for a really long time um, lost to some really amazing, progressive, in some cases, anarchist uh, leftists. <laughs> yeah. and Radical. Yes. Um, and they are my favorite people on earth. And, um, and so what they did when they started you know governing was they found out that um that this geo group that everybody's been talking about Mm -hmm. as committing all of these like you know sort of crimes it's this for-profit institution that detains people also is a part of like our probationary system and a lot of other um local carceral systems in Mm -hmm. the state of colorado and so candy c debaca who's a city councilwoman um came out with a poll from her constituents and people in Colorado. I was like, do, do you think that the city council should have this contract with this organization? Cause it's coming up for um, renewal. And I just want to know what you guys think. And everyone was like, fuck no. And so there was this big campaign and they voted to uh, end the contract with geo, which caused a lot of problems because, um, because 
they already have contracts with some of these like halfway houses. Yeah. And they didn't want to send those people, those folks back to jail. And so they extended it a little bit, but we're going to eventually not have um, any contracts within the city of Denver with this geo group anymore, which is fucking amazing. Now, Aurora is separate from that, and Aurora is a whole other problem. <laughs> Aurora is certainly entirely. a whole other problem in a myriad ways. Yes. Um, sorry. All right, let's see. Which one do I want to start with first? Um, oh, here's a good one. Here's the reason why we shouldn't do business with Geo. The title is, uh, women at Geo halfway house are missing personal cash. Mm. So, sorry, my, okay. Um, Amy Balt will soon to be set free, but she may not get to take everything with her when she leaves incarceration. She was sent to prison in 2016 for methamphetamine distribution. In January, she was transferred to the William Street Halfway House. It's run by the Geo by GeoCare, one of the companies whose contracts were voted down by city council in August. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> holding down a job is part of the reentry process, so people living in halfway houses are allowed to work and earn money. Um, they have to return to their facilities at night. Um, right. When she gets paid, she must hand over her check to the William Street administrators who steward her account. Normally, when she needs access to her money, she makes a request, and the William Street staff cuts her a check. But lately, a lot of those checks have bounced. Is that, wait, hold on. Is that normal for halfway houses? No. I, I, I've worked in an assisted living facility, and I was the one who did that there. I, I did exactly what they're describing there, but that was like for people who were legally incapacitated. Right. Um, I, my ex was in a series of halfway houses, and I don't remember her ever doing that. Right. So, so, and they were in Aurora. They must not have been from this geo group. They must have been something else. So this is um, this is in Denver. Okay. Um, but the geo group, this, they're just so ingrained in Colorado carceral system. So these checks <sighs> are bouncing. Uh, she said she's been going to work without lunch because she can't access her own money. Uh, other women in the house have gone without lunches or toothpaste. She's going to be released on September 19th. Uh, she told Denverite, this is the newspaper, that Geo staff said she may not be able to take the money remaining in her savings account when she goes home. She may have to come back later for these several thousand dollars that she's been that, saving up. That can't be legal. Deanna Kelly was released last Friday. She is still waiting to receive $400 from her savings account. Another woman's restitution check bounced. Uh, she has a copy of the letter that was sent that it was bounced. Can... City Councilwoman Candy Sidabaka said inmates have expressed concern that they may be held accountable for submitting checks that cannot be deposited. So they started cashing their checks at this gas station around the corner, and the gas station was cashing them, and then more than 40 of those checks bounced. <sighs> and it's not from these women's accounts that they're bouncing. They're bouncing right. from the fucking halfway house. Like, right. it's outrageous. Um, somebody's, somebody's just skimming right, right off the top there. Something. So, is, there's, is, so wait, did this happen in multiple halfway houses? So far, this is the only one we know of. Yeah, so it's somebody there. It's somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they're they investigating it. Uh, they, Geo said the bounce checks stem from a malfunct- malfunctioning anti-fraud system oh, within the company's accounting process. Bullshit. The one of your employees is stealing. It's so obvious. The company's headquarters in Boca Raton, Florida, was closed due to Hurricane Dorian, which slowed their response. Quote, the resident's balances remain fully intact and they will not be responsible for any fees as a result. We apologize, blah, blah, blah. 
But like they've been complaining about this for a while and nobody cares until yeah. the media gets a hold of it. And our city councilman, uh, Chris Hines, is working with Candy C. DeBaca on this to be like, no, no. So that's another reason that like they're just fucking garbage. Uh, and like it's going to be a big scandal because I guarantee you it's not like some glitch or otherwise it would be everywhere. Right. Yeah. Why would it just affect this one halfway house? <clears throat> right. When they controlled dozens of them, apparently. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean they can they control thousands of them across the country. But again, in terms of a halfway house, I mean, I guess it would make sense because you don't you don't want them you know going out and spending all the money they earn at their job on drugs. But yeah, I, but they get drug tested. Yeah, they do get tested. I I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Um. So. This is a two-parter here. I'm not going to read the stories, but I'll just tell you what happened. This woman um, gave birth. I think we may have talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, we did. In her jail cell Mm -hmm. in Denver. Um, And it was a harrowing story. She and her baby are fine, thank God. Um, And it made national news, and there's been a lot of talk locally. And um, the Denver sheriff resigned um, over this. Yes. Um, We knew heads were going to roll somehow. Yeah, the sheriff resigned. In some capacity. Uh, Patrick Furman. And the interesting thing about this is that um, Denver is one of the only cities in, well, only two in the state of Colorado and one of very few in the country that the sheriff's office is an appointed office. Right. And guess who appoints the sheriff? Mayor. Yeah. Mayor Hancock. (laughs) That's never a problem. Hancock called him into his office and said, you're taking the fall on this one, buddy. Yep. So um, he resigned. That's good. There's some talk of whether or not um, it would be a good thing to have an elected sheriff. Most places do because then it seems to have greater public accountability. Yeah. The the problem and the question sort of for us is whether or not because of money that that's a good idea. Because as soon as you have an elected office, then you bring money into politics. And should that be the case? Yeah. Well, but, I mean... I mean, there's no getting around that in any facet of our democracy when you're talking about anybody. Our mayor elected. just has too much power, is my argument about against this. Like he just has way too much power. No, I would side. I would side on the. Uh, I would err on the side of yeah, make it an elected position. Yeah, bring the money in. I guess you know. The problem with that too, though, is that sometimes then you run these campaigns of tough on crime, uh, like back in the '90s, and not in Denver, and. And then you get like really garbage people. Not in, Den- and, not in Denver. Know. Yeah, I don't in, know. In Aurora, I could see that, but not in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's happening, and I think that's good. Um, let's see, I think there was one more. I have like 17 things to say, but I'm going to save some of them. Get them all. Um, Pour them all out. Oh, God, this this thing. Okay, so our city hall has a problem. Um, Mm. our city hall is connected to the same building as the judicial branch, right? This is another bed bug story. No. No. Um, there's a new rule about who can come into, uh, the courtrooms Mm -hmm. and like record and be present and like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so because it's in the same building as city hall, which is, not this rule is not meant to apply to because that's having access to your city leaders. Yeah. That's different than court. Yeah. Um, this is what happened. 
Jesse Paris, a staple activist at Denver City Council meetings, was blocked from entering the Denver City and County building on Monday while he possessed a pin reading, quote, Black Reparations Now, America Must Atone. So they would not allow him into the building to go see his city council members while he wore a button about black reparations. That's why? Yeah. Uh, I felt very irritated. This is fascism. This is what fascism looks like. Um, Buttons are, of course, allowed at the city and county building, but in turning Paris away, he said the security guards, who work for contractors HSS, showed him a July order from four Denver judges that bans, quote, displaying signs or materials, but only in courtrooms and other areas belonging to the judicial branch, not in the city and county building yeah, generally. Yeah, 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 that's, that's horseshit. The guards also showed him a judicial order from August that restricts recording in parts of public buildings. Again, that was wrongfully enforced. Um, it's absolutely allowed in city hall. Um, <clears throat> uh, so we're, we're just having kind of a shit show. We also have a problem with ICE agents coming into the Denver city and county building yes. and trying to arrest immigrants. Yeah. Well, uh, when unfortunately, they to, nobody's cooperating with that. No, the judges are not cooperating. Yeah. The security guards are not cooperating. Um, they've been iced out, if you will. Um, That's one good thing that get handed to Hancock. He's been pretty solid on that as far yeah. as we know. Yeah, definitely. Like, fuck ICE, no. Mm-hmm. And also, like the the city police department has been pretty clear about that in the DA's office that like yeah no we're not we going want cooperation from people in, in criminal cases and if they're afraid to come to court that inhibits our job from protecting the public right so anyway that <coughs> inhibits us from bringing all these ridiculous cases to trial right that have no chance that have no that, can I just go back to the uh, the movie last night I laughed out loud at the the very end when. You know, not spoiler, but the, the prosecutor is like, we don't want to waste taxpayers' time with this case that really has no chance of winning. And I just laughed out loud. I was like, ah, <laughs> it's so different over there. Right? <laughs> we love doing we that. We love doing that. That's our favorite thing. We do it all the time. Yeah. No, I know. Um, let's see. I got a sexual harassment claim. You did? No. Against you? <laughs> City, That's surprising. Denver City settles sexual harassment claims against Denver Sheriff's Department with a $1.55 million settlement. Uh, police departments love pay. It's so much cheaper, I guess, to them to pay out settlements than to like bring in the sexual harassment panda like twice a year. Yep. I, I don't get it, but it's what they do. Especially Aurora. Aurora likes you know, dishing out eight and nine figures a year, it seems like, to... Keep businesses. Well, and that's specifically like about excessive force from the police department against. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's yeah. not specifically sexual harassment. Although I'm sure they've done some of that too. Oh, definitely. But go ahead and tell us about this. Uh, uh, so this was story. 15 um, people who worked for the um, jails. Yeah. Uh, 15 current and former deputies at the Denver Sheriff's Department who alleged sexual harassment while working in the county jail alleges that male inmates groped female deputies, masturbated in front of them. Uh, the hold lawsuit. on, hold on. The inmates against the deputies. Yeah. Huh. And, and um, so, like the, and they would go. To but their they supervisor. would go to their supervisor and be like, "Supervisors "We do not feel are, safe. Whatever. We need to have some kind of structure to protect us. We need to have some kind of thing." And and they were just like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and so they sued and they won. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. Which like fuck guards, but also maybe like I don't know, protect women. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a weird dicey situation, but it also goes to show how just men feel this sense of power no matter what. Even if, yeah, right? yeah, they yeah. just like absolutely. 
It's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's all for Colorado politics. There's a ton, but like, you know. All right, let me talk about Israel for, for a hot yeah, minute. Yeah, please do. So again, this got washed away in the all the crazy, treacherous, treasonous news that our, that our president has you know, been spawning. But there was an election in Israel earlier this week, and it, the results were not good for Netanyahu. Let, let's back up a little bit and explain what happened. In the last election, which was not that long ago, less than a year ago. Um, Why was it less than a year ago? Because parliamentary politics is weird. Okay. Um, oh, I see. That was just like a vote of no confidence yeah, it's, or something? It, it, it's, it's not like it is here where <laughs> we have scheduled elections every two years and presidential elections every four years. It, it kind of depends on what's happening with the coalitions and the right. parliamentarians okay. and everything else. So it fell so, apart. So, well, this is what happened. Uh, they had an election and Netanyahu's party, the Likud party, won a a slim majority number of seats, but they were never able to form that strong. He was still prime minister, but he could never get that strong a coalition to have complete control. So he decided to dissolve the Knesset. The Knesset is like their parliament, which he has the power to do. It was a stupid move. Yeah. And and call for new elections, thinking he would do better and consolidate more power. Right. But that's not what happened. Uh-huh. What happened, and this just happened the other day, is that his party fell two seats short, and the centrist blue and white party uh, garnered two more seats than he did. And then the there were some fringy parties, some ultra right and ultra left parties. They got a few seats, and you know that's the way it works. Is is all these different parties have representatives, and then you form a coalition to govern. Yeah. yeah. If you can't, shit falls off the rails. Britain is is like teetering on the edge of. <laughs> kind of chaos as far as their political system goes. Of course, because they're British, it probably won't devolve into civil war, you know. Just a they'll lot sit, of yelling on the floor? Yeah, they'll yell and they'll sit down for tea and they'll sort it out eventually. <coughs> Although Boris Johnson is a Trump-like kind of lunatic. Yes. But we'll get to that another time. So, uh, it didn't go well for Netanyahu. But because we don't understand in this country how a parliamentary system works and we view everything through the lens of American politics, mm-hmm. so many people got it wrong and jumped to all these wrong conclusions. Um, they said things like, like this is what happened, right? As the election results were pouring in, uh, Netanyahu did not concede anything um, and there's nothing to concede because he has not yet been replaced as prime minister and it's not set in stone that he's not going to still be prime minister. Right. They have to do like a vote of no confidence, right? No, 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 oh. no. They have to... the. They have to either pick him or pick somebody else? The party with the most seats can elect a leader from their party, and then they form a coalition with the other parties. No, I understand. But and then, and then they, if pick, they, they don't, pick a prime minister. If they don't pick, I understand how parliamentary government works, but yeah. if the coalition that comes together doesn't pick Netanyahu, they just get to pick somebody else, and there's no formal process for him having to exit that office? They just, yeah, they just pick a new prime minister, and that's that? Basically, yeah. Okay. Now, of course, because it's a lot of deal-making and wrangling behind the scenes, yeah, it is not completely out of the realm of possibility that Netanyahu could still be the prime minister. Now, that's very unlikely. Unlikely because every other party that has a majority of seats next to the Likud party cannot stand Netanyahu when they're done with him, and they don't. Now, he could threaten them, he could try to make deals, he could try to bribe them, he could try to coerce them, he could try to extort them, right. you know, and he'll, sure. probably, he'll probably do all of those things. 
but I don't think that's going to be enough. But you had a lot of people reacting here like, oh, he, he lost and he's he's refusing to concede and this oh is God. what's going to happen with Trump. And it's like, no, no, that's not how it works. That's right. not what's happening. You need to calm down. You need to go to Wikipedia and look up, you know, it, Israel uh, Knesset and, and, and Israel parliamentary system and learn how it works because you have no idea how it works and you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So to say... Like an international relations class. Like to, just 201. Yes. Yeah. Basic. To say Netanyahu lost is not exactly accurate. To say the, the election did not go well for Netanyahu is accurate. But it is still yet to be determined what that means and what that's going to look like as this all gets sorted out and they're completely done counting the votes. But for now, it looks like his party came up two seats because they assign seats the way you sort of assign delegates yeah. in a primary. Uh, you, they it came two seats short to the centrist blue and white party. Right. Um, and yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to be prime minister anymore. But that's not and done you could, yet. You could look at it this way because it's sort of confusing. You could look at it like you don't vote for Bibi Netanyahu on the ballot, right? Just like you don't vote for Justin Trudeau. You vote mm, for a party. Yeah, sorry. He's of. not on the ballot. Hold no. on. He's not on the ballot. Right. But when you're voting for that party, you understand that yeah. if you vote for that party, they're likely going to retain him as prime minister. Uh, yes, So exactly. a lot more Israelis decided maybe they don't want to retain him as prime minister than did not a lot more, but enough more that his party did not get the majority. That's correct. Yeah. And a lot of uh, Arab Israelis showed up. So it's sort of like voting for him or voting against him, but it's not as simple as, as that. No, no, it isn't. And, and, and there's a bunch of different parties. Right. There's not just the two. And we're going to see this in Canada coming soon. Um, I don't know exactly when their election is. It's very soon. Yeah, it's like in the next week or so. Yeah, that's another thing about uh, party politics here. Um, the campaigns go for, like for two years long. Uh, over there, it, it lasts like a month. Right. Like they start advertising earlier than that, but like the real the hardcore campaigning only lasts about a month. Doesn't yeah. last two years. And there is no nice. like impeachment. Like they don't understand what why we still have Trump over here. No, their votes have no confidence. They're yeah. just like, we don't. Why obviously, just, he's not the guy. Let's get rid of him. Right, and then they just like have a new election, or they yeah, vote in no confidence, or like for a vote in a confidence there's a million different him. ways to get rid of the prime minister. Right. The prime minister does not is not a very like, like no, secure we position. A, we got a two party system, and that one party is behind him, and we only do elections every four years. Period. That's all we got. Yep. <laughs> Unless you break a lot of laws. Oh wait, never mind. Yeah. Even then. Yeah. Interesting. See, when we formed our democracy, we were getting away from a monarchy. <laughs> right. <laughs> we there's certain things we couldn't foresee, right? So there's that. There's that. But but as we're learning with uh, British politics, the the Queen still plays a minorish role in yeah. some of the stuff, sorta, kinda. Yeah. Like Boris Johnson may be in the hot water now for maybe lying to the Queen. Oh. Yeah. Did you know the Queen is allowed to drive without a driver's license? Well, of course she's and the Queen. The Queen owns all of the swans and geese of the country. Okay. That's part of their loss. Right. I, I know something weird, like if you kill a swan without permission, like you, it's an offense against the crown. I read that somewhere. Yeah, she owns them all. They're all her swans. Yeah, so don't... It's like Snow White. Don't, don't fuck with the swans. Don't fuck They're with the, the queen's queen swans. swans. Yeah. What else? Oh, do they, they have Canadian geese there? I don't know. It'd be interesting, wouldn't I, it? I don't remember seeing any when I was there. <laughs> they have a lot of... Fa Everything is fancier in England. Right. Like the birds are kind of fancier. And yeah. You know. We're like the rough and tumble yeah. crew. 
I mean, they have pigeons. I remember seeing pigeons. They also have, I was thinking about this today, these these giant scary looking bumblebees that are like like this big around. He's making a fist. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> and they're like hairy and, and black and yellow striped. And they'll buzz like right up to your ear and right up to your face. But they don't sting you. Uh, apparently not. This wasn't in London. This was kind of outside of London in the countryside. Yeah. A place called High Wycombe. And like I'm, we were, I was with my old band. We were staying with these guys. And I'm like, do these things sting? And the guys are like, uh, I don't know. Do they? And no, they're pollinators. They're big old fluffy guys. Yeah, so they can yeah. collect all that pollen yeah, on all yeah. that fluff. Yeah, and like, then... do they? St- I don't know. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. If those things stung, you'd never go outside. Right. What else do we? What else do we got? I want to talk more about the the giant bumblebees in, okay. in the English countryside. Actually, okay, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Better than talking about Nancy Pelosi. Well, we got about thirteen minutes left. So, what did you have in mind? Um, I don't have anything in mind necessarily. So that's just, this is going to go great. So just riff. <laughs> what do you have in mind? Oh, uh, so much. I'm not even sure where to start. Um. Can we talk about cancel culture for a minute? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I knew we were going to have to get to it at some at some point. It, it's that's not a thing. I mean, it's back. It's back in the in the that whole thing is 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 sort of percolating around because of Dave Chappelle, I guess. Dave Chappelle, and then that whoever no name asshole. Uh, the Saturday Night Live. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Well, he's done. So right, we canceled him. Oh my god. <laughs> no, isn't Lauren, it a tragedy? Lauren Michaels canceled him. Talk to him. It's this weird thing where, like, they Michael Hobbs uh, from the You're Wrong About podcast, which Who you we should may have on at some listen point, to. Lucky. Just listen to that fucking podcast, everyone, it's all great. the time. It's the best podcast out there, including this one. Um, <laughs> uh, made a really good point about like, there's this weird thing that like the the sort of conservative older folks do, where they like make up this this term that's supposed to scare everybody, and cancel culture is like the new term, and it's like this thing these kids are doing and it's terrible because it's stifling free speech and nobody can say anything anymore and how awful and 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 what are we doing about free speech what are we doing about free speech travis free speech can you tell me why that makes no sense uh not a word of it makes sense i mean i don't know where to start to tell you how it doesn't make sense like first of all free speech if we just uh, repeat it again isn't a thing that matters in the public sphere. Free speech is your right to speak freely without persecution from the government. Right. It means the government can't can't put you, you in jail for you can't go to jail that you said something mean or racist. However, I can call you a racist fuck. Yeah. If I go on Twitter and say, "Hey, nobody should watch Bill Maher because he's an Islamophobic dickhead." I'm not infringing on Bill Maher's First Amendment rights. No. In any way, shape, or form. No. You know, I'm absolutely not. If I was the FCC and saying, we don't like what you're saying, we're going to take you off the air, that is infringing. Right. Or if he got arrested and put in jail for something. Right. Sure. being obscene, yeah. If I call for a boycott of Bill Maher and HBO... That is you expressing your First Amendment rights. Correct. They don't understand that. No. No. If I call for your firing... Because I don't like the thing that you said. Yeah. I, I can do that. Now, you can make an argument about the morality and lynch mob you know, mentality and, and all that stuff, absolutely. But it's not the First Amendment. Stop bringing up the First Amendment. And secondarily. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. After we get past that asinine, stupid argument, the, the more insidious argument here is that 
people shouldn't be criticized for mean things that they say because that's PC culture going awry and nobody can say anything anymore and people's lives are being ruined by censorship from the public and this lynch mob and we're just canceling people who made mistakes earlier in life and it's totally unfair and blah 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 well let's talk about Chappelle because I, I, I overheard somebody the other day talking about how funny his new thing is no and you know let's talk about the things he said um, now he you know he said like hey black people wake up get rid of Trump he's horrible so that's fine but he also defended Michael Jackson in a really grotesque way yep. to say like it, if if you were raped by Michael Jackson that's good because Michael Jackson's famous or something like that yeah he basically his entire set was punching down and protecting the patriarchy yeah he he made fun of trans people mm-hmm. um, he defended Michael Jackson he um, went after like feminists he he really just punched down like all of these marginalized people that he's just like sort of made fun of and in this really old school way that's like not funny and not relevant and I, I haven't really read anybody who liked it that I follow um, so and I don't understand. I get. I guess he's you know old school male comic, and they've been telling these jokes. He was for also years. defending Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Louis C.K. didn't do anything wrong. It's just yep. fine what right. he did. It's like okay. All these men, all these you know sexual assaulters, all these sexual harassers, all these gross men. Everybody should just calm the fuck down. Why are you getting your panties in a twist for? This has gotten so out of control that we're ruining men's lives. Can I say something about that? We, we joke sometimes and say, oh, God, it's every single man. Is there any man? Like, there's plenty of men that don't do this stuff and have not been, you know, called out or, or canceled or whatever you want to call it. Like, plenty of famous men, men in Hollywood comics who do not act that way. Right. There's, there's a, a way too many do. I will grant you that. But it's not all of them. It's it's not even half and, or you know, a quarter. Right. Obviously, there'd be no comics left. <laughs> right. Um, also, like, grow the fuck up. Women and minorities have been walking on eggshells around y'all for fear of our literal lives forever. Mm-hmm. Afraid to say the wrong thing, be in the wrong place, look the wrong way, look at you the wrong way, respond the wrong way. Literally just... Just treat you like a fragile little tiny baby that if anything goes awry I might be dead Yeah. and now somebody's holding you accountable to be like you don't get to say awful fucking horrible mean shitty racist shit anymore and they're like this is unfair I have to think about what I say I've never had to think about what I said before that's not fair I don't like having to think about what I say yeah. and it's like well then don't think about what you say but, well, good, I'm not gonna. And then they get criticized or lose a job. And like, this isn't fair. And it's like, fuck you, it's not fair. It is fair. It is fair. Like, I, I'm, it's beyond unfair that it has taken this long to be like, you don't get to just say horrible things with impunity. And nobody gets to say anything back. Mm-hmm. It's been long enough. And do horrible things. Yes. Say and do horrible things. Sorry. Cancel culture, fine. Call it whatever you want. But we're done. Well, it's the same... <laughs> It's just another way of phrasing PC culture mm-hmm. run amok. Mm-hmm. Now it's cancel culture. Right. Okay. Well, you know, I don't know what to say. Like, what is that guy that uh, lost his gig at SNL? What's his name? Who cares? I don't know his name. But, but he I hasn't don't... been 
canceled, you can still go see his stand-up. And yeah, he just did a show uh, last subscribe night. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. And He's he, there. He's not dead. He's not in jail. Right. He just did a show last night. And this was his big joke. Yeah, like, whatever. The outcome's fine with me. I don't know. But I just want to let all you guys know that I read all of my criticisms with an Asian accent. Oh, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Hilarious, because uh-huh. that's what he got in trouble for. Isn't it funny? Yeah, it's funny to somebody. Is it? It's not even a good joke. Well, I mean, if it's not even a good joke. No, no, it isn't. I mean, we would never think it was a good joke, obviously. But like, but... that's the thing. Like, I was watching some of the podcast clips of him mm-hmm. that got him in trouble, and it's like really not funny. It's just like him bantering back and forth with this other white guy saying things about like mispronouncing uh, the names of Asian foods in this really stereotypical way. Yeah, he's got this whole Asian kick. I don't know and what like, that's about. And and then they're like laughing hysterically and it's like, what is, is there a joke somewhere in here? Because all it sounds like is a couple of drunk frat boys being like, isn't it funny that sometimes L's sound like R's? Like, what are you, back in the 50s and we're I at know. breakfast at Tiffany's? Like, shut the fuck up. It's oh not even God. funny. Yeah. It wasn't funny then, it's certainly not funny or edgy now. Like, oh, you're telling jokes that were literally like Pretty edgy in the fifties. Congratulations, Edge Lord. <laughs> I can't believe anybody still watches SNL. But the thing is, Lauren Michaels did this thing. They asked him, like, "Why did you hire this asshole in the first place?" He's like, "Well, we wanted to get some conservative viewers." I'm like, "Okay, and how did that end up?" Right. Like, it's what well, conservative meaning? They say racist. This is this is the right. problem, right? And like, conservatives are always saying, like, "Oh, they won't let us into the comedy world," and they it's like, well, because your quote comedy is. Fucking racist, sexist horseshit. Yes. Like, if you want to make fun of, in a non-sexist way, like Democrats or Hillary Clinton or, like, whatever, or... Okay, yeah, I mean... Have at it. Have at it, but, like, it, it, it like, inevitably turns to racism or sexism. That's because inevitably. that's their worldview. Yeah. That is their worldview, and that's what they find funny. And, like you said, punching down. Right. And I don't think Dave Chappelle's a conservative. I'm like, no, I don't, he's not. I wouldn't care if he was. He's not a conservative in the sense of what we were talking about. He right. is an old school comic who has benefited from the patriarchy in a really profound and meaningful way and has benefited from the pervasive sexism that has been a part of the comedy scene forever. Yeah. And he resents the fuck out of uh, people saying that that shouldn't be the way that it is. Much in the way I would point out to him that white men resent the fuck out of the fact that black progress has been made and it's not like it used to be. He's he's making that exact same argument. It's just men to women. Mm-hmm. And I think if you phrase it to him that way, I'd love to hear what he has to say in response. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, ultimately, though, like with anything else, if if first of all, this could go one of two ways for Chappelle. Like, I don't really care if Chappelle's making a comeback or not, but like either he will lose a bunch of people and and not do very well or he will attract all this new crowd who's looking for really edgy horrible right-wing things and like and he's not gonna like that at all he'll he'll like where the money comes from i mean i don't think so yeah i don't think so i think he's gonna be real shocked at some of the things that those people think is funny that have to do with some of the things about him and maybe and the kind of people that he's now and the kind of things he's laughing that they're laughing about and where they laugh is gonna be real upsetting Maybe. It already was once. Uh, sort yeah, kinda. 
He's 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 a strange guy. I mean, we can get we can do Chappelle talk about Chappelle for an hour and a half, but he's 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 always had issues. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I mean, I don't know. I have no interest in Dave Chappelle at this point. Like, no, I don't no. have any interest in comedians who punch down and making fun of victims um, and and making fun of marginalized people. It's just not it's not interesting to me. I don't have any interest in watching it and. He can say fuck Trump if he wants to, and that's fine, but the rest of it's garbage. All right, that's going to do it for us. It was a hodgepodge of stuff. Uh, Sorry, not sorry. No. Uh, We're going to have some interesting guests, hopefully, coming up over the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. Just won't be us yammering. Yes. Um, And stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. At Irreverent Duo on Twitter, irreverenttestimony at gmail.com. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. See you next week. Bye.